The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and summertime shenanigans. Is that a question? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I always make those up literally as I'm talking. Uh, that sh- It shows. <laughs> Thank you for the vote of confidence, Marin. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it is June 8th, and this is our 97th podcast. We're not even going to talk about it. Talk about what, Marin? Talk about what? I don't know. We're just not talking about it. <laughs> We're not talking about it for an entire hour or however long this very short podcast lasts. <laughs> yeah, it's like super summer. Can I bitch about something for a second? No. That's Please? not what this is for. Really? Are you sure? Hmm. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, <no problem. laughs> I was going to try to drag this out longer, but I was like, oh, God, you have to be tired. Just go. Just tell me your problems. I'm pretty sure they haven't Dr. turned Marin off the heat in our apartment yet. You, what? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It is very, very hot in my apartment right now. And in lar- it's a large part of that is because there's no breeze, right? And I had to shut the window to podcast so you guys don't hear all of the cars and stuff outside. But also, my we've I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. My bedroom is right above the big boiler that sends all the water to the radiators. And because it was so cold here for so long, like a very long time, um, it snowed on June May 20th. Like, literally a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, that the heat is still on. So the boiler is still going. And you know how I can tell is because, number one, my bedroom is really fucking hot. But number two, uh, my cats are still sleeping on the floor above the hot spots. Gross. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would never want to live in a place where I was not in control of whether or not the heat was on in my place. Because A, I never ever want it on. (laughs) And B, I need to be able to turn it off when it needs to be off. Yeah, like, it's it's just radiant heat at this point. It's not even like, obviously my radiators aren't on. Like, it's just coming up through the floor. Which is disgusting. It is disgusting. It is very, very disgusting. And since heat rises... Because it's rising through your floor. It's basically just filling your entire condo. Yep. Though it, I do get really good, generally, air circulation through, like, the kitchen area and the living room area. It's just, it stays pretty trapped in the bedroom. Like, yeah. the bedroom is a full, like, five degrees hotter than the rest of the house. That sounds like a personal nightmare. It is pretty gross. Uh... You know what else? Speaking of personal nightmares. <laughs> and things that are pretty gross. <laughs> things that are pretty gross. Uh, the Dallas Stars handed out a couple contracts today. Uh, yesterday, I think it was. Um, the first being $1.75 million for one year of Roman Polak. I mean, at least it wasn't Ben Lovejoy. <laughs> at least it wasn't over two. At least, it, yeah, at least it wasn't over two. At least it wasn't more than one year. I mean, like, I don't love Polak, but he plugs in a hole and, like, it, it's fine, probably. 
least it was, yeah, like, the issue isn't that the 1.75 million, honestly. The issue is that he's going to play 20 minutes a fucking night. That's true. <laughs> like, you know, I don't give a fuck what his contract is at this point, because they, what the... $1.75 million for a guy who plays 20 minutes a night is not unreasonable. No. But when, but those 20 minutes should not be going to Roman Block. <laughs> they absolutely should not. Like, oh, God. I will say the no, only you thing... you are correct. The only thing, the only solace I take from this is that with Roman Pollock signed, it's highly unlikely that the stars are sniffing around Nikita Zaitsev, who immediately when I heard he was on the trade rumor, trade block, pinged my radar as, this is a Jim Nill defenseman special. (laughs) He's like a shorter, more overpaid Jamie Alexiak, basically. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, The other contract that they signed the other day is... Uh, bringing back Janmark for one year, uh, 2.3 million. Which I don't have much of a problem with. Honestly, I don't have really any issue with it at all. Um, that's actually a pretty decent contract for a bottom six player. I, I just wish, I want so much more for Janmark. I know. <laughs> like, I I really like him as a person. I think he has some, some really good, like, flashes of brilliance, and everything seemed to be going the right way until that knee issue. Yeah. And I just wish we had rookie Jan Mark, because he was, uh, like, I wish rookie Jan Mark hadn't had to take a year off for a sophomore year. Absolutely. No, I'm just sitting here nodding. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this visual medium that we are on. This visual medium, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I remember being so excited about him his first year, and then that that whole thing happened. And I feel like that's the same thing that happened with Nachushkin. Like he did so much better before he took that year off because of whatever happened. I can't hip remember surgery. what happened. Uh, he was hip surgery. Surgery. Yeah. So like, maybe don't take a whole year off. I mean, <laughs> just kidding. Get the help you need, but also like. It sucks that both of them had that had something happen where they were very promising as rookies, had something happen, took them out for a year, and have never, ever been able to bounce back the same way. I know. It sucks. It makes me really sad. It does. No, it's nobody's fault, really. I'm not trying to say that they shouldn't have taken that year off. I was kidding. But no, like, no, no. I Yeah. I I just, I just, I don't know. I I feel like... And I don't even want to say it's like a quality of teammates thing for Jan Mark either, because he's played up and down the lineup and has just yeah. assaults her. Woo! Sorry. <coughs> Not quite like that. That was no yeah. That was my phone making a noise because I have apparently had forgotten to put it on silent. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else even going on in Starsland? Nil is all like, we're gonna take it slow, one thing at a time. Uh, I mean, if there is anything going on in Stars Lane, it happened while I was not paying attention, so. Dun-un. Oh, God. Dun-un. Oh, Jesus. Dun-un. 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 Man reacts! Oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of things that happened while you weren't paying attention. Yeah. 
And also, speaking of contracts. Oh, Jesus. Somebody just signed a whopper of a deal. Eight years. 72 million total for a $9 million AAV. Any guesses on who that someone is? No Googling. All right. Sorry. Say this again. Say this again. Nine, uh, eight years. Okay. Nine million a year. I feel like since this is a Marin Reacts, it's probably Gabriel Landeskog. It is not Gabriel Landeskog. Oh, dang. Who is it? Jeff Skinner. Holy shit. That is, with it, wait, with what team? Buffalo. Good God. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And don't That's a lot wrong. of money in a lot of years. He had a good year last year. But would you have given Jeff Skinner $9 million? No. Like, well, I mean, do the Sabres still have their getting to the basement problem? No, I don't. Well, sort of. They were actually doing pretty well for like the first two months and then uh-huh. fell off a cliff. Okay. No, I meant like the where they're overpaying on contracts is because they have the the cap room getting to the the basement of the cap space. Mm, I don't think so. I know Eichel signed a big contract. Um, okay. Cap. Because, like, I feel like if if they have the cap space, if they if they need to fill up that cap space, that makes more sense. I don't. But think if they're doing do it that. because they just think he's worth that, then they're dumb. I'm pretty sure it's more of the latter. Well, that's... Yeah. That's an interesting choice is all I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you know who the starting goalie is for the Buffalo Sabres? I don't. I really don't know what's going on with the Sabres at all. Just pick, like, a name out of a hat of goalies that you wouldn't think start. (laughs) Don't Google it. I can hear you typing. I don't know. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. His last name starts with an H. I feel like you're overestimating how many goalies I know. Okay, Carter Hutton. I see. I don't know who that is at all. Well, he's the starter. <laughs> I've got no reference for that player. None. He actually used to play for the St. Louis Blues. He is 33 years old. Yeah, dude. Uh, Linus Olmark, actually, their backup, is mm-hmm. adorable and has a minion mask every year. Uh, I knew Linus Olmark. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, no, I had completely forgotten that Carter had never existed. <laughs> Honestly, since... <sighs> Isn't this the most forgettable roster you've ever seen in your life? He's got a really forgettable face, too. I think the only person I could pick out of a crowd that isn't named Jeff Skinner or Jack Eichel is Kyle Ocposo. Do they still have uh, Zemkis Gergensen's? He's an RFA. Uh, Buffalo Sabres roster. Let's click on this. They have a man named Tage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could not pick any of these people out of a out of a lineup. Uh... Oh, did you know that Ralph Krueger's back? Oh, yeah, of course I did. Okay, I just checking. on Twitter. <laughs> just checking. We've podca- we haven't podcasted, I think, since that happened. So, Or we did and we didn't talk about it. I can't remember I can't which. Remember but which. no, I, I did remember that. I did 
I did hear that he had come back. Um, Somebody added me on Twitter because uh, my brain oh, it was, was really me. strong. It was me. <laughs> was it you? <laughs> so yeah, I knew. <laughs> God, we're old. We uh, are old. Well, the real reason I bring this up as a Mariner reacts is not because I don't think you have particularly strong feelings about Jeff Skinner, but my question to you is: If Jeff Skinner got nine million dollars for doing what he did last year, which is I mean, again, I don't want to, like, put him down, because if I remember correctly, he had a pretty dang good season. Um, Yeah, he got 40 goals last year. Like, um, 63 points total, but 40 goals. Um, So that's pretty dang good. Where does that fall in the, like, top in the NHL? In top goals? Um, 13th, tied with Jank Gensel. Which... Would not have guessed that one. Nope. But that's only one behind Connor McDavid. Um, and uh, the leader, obviously, was Ovi with 51. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That just feels like a lot of money. Okay. So my question, though, is knowing that he's getting $9 million, he's 27. How much do you think Zuccarello will go through on the open market? Oh, good God. I don't I I don't know why you're asking me this question because I literally have absolutely no clue. You're the one that looks at salary bands, so how about I ask you that? I don't know <laughs> no either. Idea. I have I honestly have no idea. Like I haven't done analysis. I feel frankly like I haven't done analysis enough in recent years to be able to tell you what a player is worth. Yeah, I I I really have no clue. Especially because Zuccarello had to take half the season off, but he had forty points in forty eight games. So, like, I don't know. I I just don't know. Yeah, no, me neither. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like a six point five or a six point seven. Yeah, because he doesn't. Score a lot of goals, and those are more valuable. There's a there's an article in the Dallas News, Dallas Morning News, um, that kind of puts him in the range of uh, five to eight million with other players that have. Um, well, that's not particularly specific, Dallas Morning News. No, they were taught they they were they were basically throwing out um, the the cap hit of players in his age range with his number of points ah it's the 14 wingers between 30 and 35 to sign contracts of at least three years with a cap hit of at least five million yeah i'm gonna go with the 6.5 i think it's probably i think you'd get radulov money yeah because it's a kind of a similar-ish game you know yeah create space wait for the good play that kind of deal and Radulov is 6.2, so mm-hmm. 6.25. Yeah, I could see that. Well, you know what we aren't seeing? My my cat not meowing really loudly. The Stanley Cup final! Oh, yeah, no, I'm not watching that at all. <laughs> my transitions are just falling flat today, I think. Sorry. So, we're in a weird spot with the podcast of... Dallas has done nothing. Signed yeah. two contracts that we knew were coming. 
Yeah. The draft hasn't happened till next podcast. And neither one of us want to either of the teams in the Stanley Cup final to win. Nope. Although, I think you and I are different in the sense that I want the Blues to win less than I want. You know what I mean? Like, no, I, would... I have had to interrogate my feelings about this post that podcast where we were both on Team Meteor. And while I am very much still on Team Meteor, that is uh-huh. my first choice. Uh-huh. I would rather have Boston. Yeah. Just because I want to keep lording it over the fucking... Ugh. The blues. Bl- blues forever. Ugh. Fuck them. At least for another year. Well, since we're not watching the Stanley Cup final, what are you watching, Marin? Well, I just last night finished Good Omens, which I know you have also watched, but you uh, watched it much faster than me. I watched it all weekend last weekend. Uh, I was driving favor, so I could not. But um, it is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. a, I think it's a pretty decent um, adaptation of the source material, especially since it was written by one half of the writers of the source material. Um, I was always going to be disappointed by how they portray Death, because he is such uh, an interesting character in Pratchett's, like, whole thing. Um and I can't remember in Good Omens if he talks in all caps the way he does in the rest of Pratchett's work. But, like, either way, I was never going to be completely satisfied with how that portrayed the screen. But I thought they did as good a job with him as they could. Uh, and everything else I thought was perfect. I loved it. I really, really loved it. I wouldn't say everything was perfect, but the things that I didn't like were so minor that it really didn't hamper my enjoyment. Like what? At all. I just thought they, I, th- I mean, I thought the CGI was not great on a lot of stuff. Um, and I thought the wigs and, like, makeup on some of the characters were pretty bad. War especially was the one that it stood out the most to me. And I was just like, every single time she was on screen, I was like, I want to go scrub your face and I want somebody to spend 50 extra dollars on a new wig for you. <laughs> like just just slightly higher quality on the hair and makeup for all of the uh the four horsemen i think would have helped a lot and i think for me honestly i found death there i mean obviously good opens is campy like if you're not familiar with the source material it is there is a lot of camp and a lot of fun and a lot of silly and all of but also some really smart humor and stuff like that too but that's just because those that's how those guys write. And I thought there was, I thought it did, the show did a great job of leaning into that. But also I think there were points where they didn't intentionally go there. And I thought death in that CGI was one of those places. Um, and I thought I was really disappointed with the four horsemen. Mm. See, to like the bad makeup and stuff, like the bad CGI just kind of was adding to the camp for me. And I didn't particularly... Uh, feel any particular way about it. Yeah, I... It didn't, like, pull me out of the story or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, I still had a great time. I loved it. I will absolutely watch it again. Oh, um, yeah. I'm gonna watch it tons of times. Tons of times. And David Tennant and Michael Sheen were so good. Oh, my God. I love them so much. They were so I good. I love them so much. They're so good. They were so good together. Um... I have also been watching 
a lot of Critical Role. Um, I have finally, finally gotten into the second season in a big way. Uh, the first campaign I just could not really connect with. And it didn't help that it started, like, halfway through. Like, they'd already been playing together for a long time, and Mm -hmm. then they kept going with the same campaign instead of starting a new one when they hit Twitch. And I'm not 100% sure why they chose to do that, but maybe they just didn't want to start a brand new campaign. But, like, that was... I never... I could never get into it, because I didn't... Like, I felt like they all had this great history that I wanted to know more about, but we didn't start out together. So mm-hmm. that's what that's what I'm liking about the second one is that you're meeting all of these people along with all of them meeting each other and like the beginning of not trusting each other 100. percent It's also so much funnier. Yeah, <laughs> and, and think, they yeah they, they all take it. I, I think they take it a little less seriously than they did in the first one. Not that they're not seriously playing, but they're not like it's not like over dramatic all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think. I mean, I'm a huge Critical Role fan, and, like, as much as I love him to death, like, I think Liam O'Brien, his character basically being a quiet introvert and not having much control over what happens (laughs) is probably for the best, because Mm -hmm. he likes to play these super fucking angsty characters. Which, I mean, somebody <laughs> needed to be the, the super angsty character. And, like, I've already been spoiled by what's going on with Not. So, like, their whole dynamic is fascinating to me. It's and, so like, good, right? It's so good. Like, their whole backstory, like, Not's whole backstory. I don't know all of Liam's backstory, but I accidentally got spoiled myself about Not's. So, like, the whole backstory there, their whole chemistry together, the fact that she views him as her child... Um, and she just wants him to get better so that, you know, she, he can save her. Like, I mean, that whole, that whole dynamic is fascinating and I love it. Um, but you're right. Liam O'Brien. Do you want to have some, have some feelings right now? Cause I, I, I'm Uh, not going to spoil anything, but I'm going to give you some feelings. Absolutely. In the very, very last episode of Critical Role Campaign 1, and this isn't a spoiler, it's been over for a fucking year, guys. No, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Spoil me. I've, well, I'm I've been about, watching I'm clips of it all the... Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, Scanlan has to use his ninth level spell slot to cast Counterspell instead of saving it for what he really wanted to save it for, which was Wish, so that he could bring Vax back from the dead. I just started crying. <laughs> and so then Sam Regal, campaign two creates an entire character who has devoted herself to keeping Liam's character alive. Why are we creating these fuckers? This is the one! <laughs> oh my god, that hurts so bad! It's like a bonus Marin reacts. Oh, my heart is breaking into five million pieces! Oh my god. Oh. I don't know if you ever watched Talks Machina. I've, I've seen, I don't watch them, but I've listened to a couple of them. I was wa- I was watching a clip show of a bunch. I'm still crying, by the way. <laughs> I was watching a clip show of a of a cut like a of you know funny moments from it or whatever. And there was one where Liam O'Brien was talking about the fact that like he kissed guys in college. I don't know what the conversation was that brought that statement about, but like. The, the camera was tight on him, so you only kind of saw Sam Regal's reaction to that, like, in profile a little bit. But Brian W. Foster pointed it out, and he was like, 
the minute you said that, the reaction on Sam Regal was like, and then Sam starts playing it up and he's like, what's his name? Where does he live? Did you like it? I was like, best friends are great. Oh my God. They're so funny. Um, but anyway, like that's more feelings than I needed to deal with right now. Uh, I've been watching um, the new Overwatch stage just started, so I got to catch a couple of matches of that. Um, go Houston. Hashtag that me, green sauce. It amuses me so much that you watch this Overwatch League, but you don't actually play Overwatch. Dude, I cannot. So here's my real big th- Like, I actually... My history with video games is very strange. So I've always actually really been fascinated by video games, but when I was younger, my mom didn't allow me to ever have a console. So the only times I ever got to play video games is when I was at somebody else's house. And so I never got very good at video games, any of them, you know, Mario, whatever. Because I am very much the person who would have poured hours and hours and hours into video games. So maybe it was better than my mom didn't get me a console. But also being the person who I am, which is if I'm not good at something, fuck it. (laughs) Like it's clearly not worthwhile. Um, when video games, when I got older and like so many people were playing them and especially when it was, you know, in getting into middle school and where like, it was mostly like a boy thing, though I had a lot of girlfriends who played video games. I was a nerd enough to have that. Um, I was just very uncomfortable being like, oh, I like video games, but I'm bad at it. And so I never really got into it in... Like, all throughout, like, junior high or high school, I never asked my mom for a console, any of that. So, but, okay, but when I met you, you owned a PlayStation. Well, so what did you do in with it? college, I still have a PlayStation. I don't have it hooked up okay. anywhere, but I still have it. So, in college, my, I, the guys, that, the people I became friends with, uh, one of the guys, friend my name, Tyler, he ended up moving into an apartment the next year with several, four, three of his friends from high school. They all moved out there. And they were huge into video games. So, like, most of my time was actually spent over at their apartment playing Halo. Like, Halo 1, the first Halo. And I just, I think because I didn't grow up into it, I don't have a brain that can handle the weird geometry of first-person shooters. Like, I was never very good at Halo. I can't, I couldn't understand the maps. Um any of that like well and like if you had been playing growing up most of the stuff that when we were kids was platformers anyway so it wouldn't really well like like, but like they had backgrounds in GoldenEye and stuff like that like there were a lot of first person shooters Doom and stuff that came out but I wouldn't I had no I had no reference for it whatsoever and it just it just didn't work for me and obviously also those first Xboxes with the controllers were huge and I had a hard time with that and so, like, I always enjoyed watching people play video games because I do enjoy, like, some of the, like, storytelling and, like, the big finishes and, like, the good snipes and all of that. But, like, also, um, yeah, I just never got into playing it because I've always kind of been one of those people who can't handle being bad at things. So, as you know, I do play games. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't start until... I moved to Austin. Like, the first time I ever played... I mean, like, okay, when I was a tiny child, 
My older brother bought a Genesis, so I played Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, pretty much it until I turned... I was in my 30s when I moved up here, so... Yeah, I, I, I started playing video games, like, in the last five years or so. But, like, the first foray into Mass Effect 1 was hysterical. And if I'd had the ability to take videos of me not even knowing how to turn the camera around so it wasn't facing me as I walked up a, like, hill, I, like, honestly, honestly, it was hilarious. (laughs) Uh, I've played, like, some JRPGs, you know, the stuff that isn't, like, that super fast motion camera stuff. Mm -hmm. Those I can handle just fine. Yeah. It's it's straight up the first-person shootery types. Though I have thought about, like, Maybe when I get a new computer, trying again and trying it on PC, which is a very different experience. Well, and I will also tell you that like Halo or those games that um, that force you to do like multiplayer or not take pauses and stuff are a lot harder than something like Mass Effect, which is it is a like it's well, it's technically a third person shooter because you're always looking at the back of your person's head, not mm-hmm. like down the barrel of a gun, um, like. With those, you get to, there's a, you can use one of the buttons to, like, basically pause combat and aim. Or if you ever feel like you're getting overwhelmed in a fight, you can just push, like, the bumper and, like, it'll pause everything so that you can choose a power, so that you can, like, like pan around and take a breath and, like, figure out what you're going to do next. So, like, that aspect of it I really loved in the first three Mass Effect games. They did away with it in, um... Andromeda, and now because Anthem is all played online in multiplayer matches, they definitely don't have it for Anthem. So I missed it a lot when I first started playing Andromeda because I was like in the middle of a battle and like like people were shooting at me from all sides, and I was like I just wanted to be able to like pause it so I could take a breath, and I was like and like look around and aim something, and I was like I can't even do that. Like I'll what do I do? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. I don't know. We'll see. I, at some point, I need to buy a new computer. I just bought a new car, so that won't be anytime soon. But yeah. uh, I might go for something a little more powerful and maybe try it on the PC, which is obviously so much more competitive, but like also I think I could handle it a lot better <laughs> from an actual, like, I don't know, hand-eye coordination perspective. <laughs> really? You think it could do better on the on the using like a keyboard and shit? Yeah, because I mean, I, because I do so much typing and, and like that is... And I do a lot of Photoshop and a lot of, like, other stuff where it's, like, quick keys, all of that. No, I, and I do, too. I do, too. But, like, the couple of times I've tried to game on my computer, like, the the fact that I am good at really fast at typing has not helped at all. Well, I've never tried. Never tried. So, I don't no, know. No, sure. I'm not, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't. I'm just saying it did not translate for me. <laughs> okay. Well, we only have really... Two other things to talk about before we get to listener questions. And the first one is super duper short. So um, quick DFW hockey update from, I feel like I need, you know, better music. (laughs) Tanner always gives us the best of DFW hockey news. And he says, I feel like we need something to celebrate Brady Ferguson's ECHL Kelly Cup title with the uh, Newfoundland Growlers, I think they are. <laughs> they are. He's only the second DFW native to win a pro hockey title. Good job, buddy. Good job, Brady. Wish it wasn't with the Growlers, because do you know who they are an affiliate of? I do not. 
pick a team you really don't want to see the Stanley. Is doing. it the Ducks? It is not. It is not. Um, they're pick from a different Ca- team. They're from Canada, so. Is it the Canadians? Nope. Good God. Is it the Leafs? It is, in fact, the Leafs. Okay. I was like, I don't know. Why are we playing this game? <laughs> because you really hate when they win things and their fans are I, happy. I do hate when the fans are happy, but there are a lot of teams like that. <laughs> Actually, no. With the, the Leafs, with the Leafs, I don't, I don't mind the team. I mind the fans. So, like, yes, you're right. I would mind if those fans got happy. All right. Are you ready for our last segment, Marin? I am. Twinkle, twinkle, little stars. stars. How I wonder what you charts. charts. <laughs> uh, who do we want to do stars charts for this week? I feel like we should do Matthias Janmark for the fact that he just um, resigned with us. Sounds good. He was born December 8th. Well, today's horoscopes... <laughs> come from caner.com that's c-a-i-n-e-r.com and this is currently my favorite astrology website because it looks like it was built in geocities um even their header image is that like clearly they did the downsizing of the image quality like it's pixelated their fit their faces on today's internet are pixelated beautiful so good voted number beautiful. one best astrologer in 2017 and 2018 by horoscope astrology i mean what was their competition <laughs> is all i'm saying so good uh okay so he is is he no not quite a capricorn he is a sagittarius i believe yes sagittarius your week ahead by oscar Kaner. Every time we think we've moved on from the past, it has a tendency to catch up with us and tap us on the shoulder. You keep trying to negotiate with yesterday so that you can be free to enjoy a trouble-free tomorrow. Yet despite your best efforts, discussions seem to end up going nowhere, and you find yourself back dealing with those very same situations you wanted to leave behind. As the sun energizes your ruling planet, Jupiter, it brings you the momentum you need to move on. You're about to be unstoppable. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that. Maybe we'll get some rookie Arian Mark back up in this shit. I would love it. Uh, let's do Jason Dickinson. Because we hope he resigns soon. What is he? When's his birthday? He- oh my god! He's July 4th! Hey, he's a cancer like me! He is an independence baby born in Canada! Oh. Waste of a July 4th, baby. I'm kidding. That's true. We love you, Jason Dickinson. We do, but also. All right. <clears throat> Cancer, you're week ahead. What's the best way to get rid of a problem? Well, it's obvious, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Solve it. <laughs> Yet the moment you do, it's as if an invisible sign announces the fact that you're a successful problem solver. And before you know it, people will be queuing up for help with their woes. Some people prefer to ignore anything that's not going well. Shut the fuck up. Uh, But that's not a solution either. 
Fuck off. <laughs> so what's the best way to approach your current difficulty? Learn to love it. Okay. Every challenge holds positivity. Find that and the problem will disappear. I will be moody if I want to be moody, Oscar. Yeah, fuck off. Dick. Okay, so, um... <laughs> Solve it! Solve it! Just get rid of your problems! <laughs> uh, okay, I would like Matt Zuccarello to resign, so we're gonna do him too. Uh, he was born September 1st. September... Le first. He's a Virgo. Virgo. Your week ahead. Say, the saying, there's no smoke without fire, was rendered obsolete when dry ice was invented. <laughs> <laughs> How is this website the best? <laughs> so good. Oh my god. That's how unpredictable our world is. We think... We- <laughs> like what happens when an AI writes horoscopes. <laughs> I fed a thousand an AI horoscopes who had every horoscope learning. ever written fed into it and was told to then regurgitate them. That's what this is. Voted number one best astrologer. Yep, that's why. We think we know what we're dealing with, that we've got all the bases covered, when suddenly something new pops up and throws everything out of alignment. Don't assume you know what you're up against. Yet you're feeling pessimistic because you're being reminded of a past mistake. Yet what's unfolding is very different. As you're about to discover, Jupiter is bringing optimism into your world. (laughs) Okay. Cool. (laughs) That's so exciting. I'm so happy for him. (sighs) Oh, Lord. Okay. Let's move on to listener questions. Wait, happy happy things. things. Let's move on to happy things. Do you have a happy thing this week, Marin? I forgot to think of one. I know. (laughs) My happy thing this week, I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, I'm in a little bit of a funk. I'm in a little bit of a funk. So I feel like my happy things are like all like a bunch of little small things that I'm like holding on to so that I don't drown in my feelings of gross. that's where I am too because like like I'm I'm having to work two jobs right now and my brother is in uh England visiting my sister and I'm not there and work my like actual like full-time job has been kind of annoying this week I don't know like yeah I'm just there's a lot of it's like death by a thousand paper cuts with like a few things that are band-aids and (laughs) that's all I've got right now yeah, I mean, so, I'm holding on dice. I got new dice. They're very pretty. I'm excited by that. Um, got to see my mom for the first time in a couple weeks because she went nice. on vacation right after I went on vacation. Literally yeah. the day I came back, she left. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, she took me out to, like, she took me and my aunt. Like, we all kind of got to see each other for the first time last night. And we went to a really, really lovely dinner at a really good restaurant called The Kitchen in Boulder. Nice. Um, it was delicious. And uh, I got my stitch fix. I love a good stitch fix. It, cool. It all fits, which 
is such a miracle. Honestly, I haven't gone shopping in a while because I just got so tired of things not fitting right. And you have to try so much stuff on when you go to a store. But my Stitch Fix, every single time, my pants fit over my ass. I have no problems whatsoever with size 14 coming from Stitch Fix. I don't know how they get it right all the time. And no one else does. Who knows? But that's awesome. But I will take it. And those are my little things. Also, the Houston Outlaws. So going back to this Overwatch thing for a little bit. Uh, Houston Outlaws, one of the reasons that I'm a big... I've chosen them to be my team. Uh, Number one, they are sponsored by HEB, which, as we know, is the best grocery store in the universe. 1,000%. And not only because they one time put bacon in their guacamole. (sighs) I had forgotten about that, but bless. Bless. You're welcome. Um... Number two, they have a wicked badass logo. Number three, and this is actually the really big one, is uh, they had the first out Overwatch player ever. And uh, he goes by the tag Muma. His name is Austin. And he is just a fucking delight. Like, every once in a while, you'll see me, like, retweet stuff from him. Like, literally for pride, he was just like, don't forget to be gay every day. Nice. And my other really big happy thing is I was watching a bunch of videos because they went 0-7 for this past stage. It was very bad. Um, so I was watching, like, a bunch of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And, uh, they, you know, like like every sports team, they do, like, a rally cry before they go out and play. They're not a sports team, but, like, they're, they're I was about to say, sports. but I also was just going to let you do it. I was it's like, not sports. What? I don't, I fully believe that it's still pro gaming. Like, it is professional gaming, and it is a game, sure. and they play it, but it is not a sport. Um, but, like, every other team that does anything, really, they do a rally cry. And at one point, he managed to get them, he, he like, started it off with, uh, why are we outlaws? And then the rally cry was, because we do crimes. <laughs> that's awesome (laughs) you get the muma you get the because we do crimes i like it (laughs) anyway and those are my happy things the little band-aids on an otherwise painful week so my little band-aids are D &D, um our our podcast and also um the so i i've got the main game that i play with which we've discussed before is something that I enjoy hanging out with people. The actual action of playing the game has gotten a little less fun Mm -hmm. with that group, even though I love everybody in it. Um, the, uh, but I also this past week, because normally I'm not free on Wednesdays, but this past week I I was because my brother was in uh, England uh, so I went with my DM to, like, there's this big group of, of D&D players that gets together at Vigilante, the gaming bar in Austin. And uh, they do it every Wednesday, and you go and you, they're all playing kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And they're all playing kind of like a related world uh, with these different chapters or whatever. So I went and played with my DM there, got to play a barbarian for the first time. Fun. Um, Fun. I, I gotta tell you, though, I mean, like barbarians it's nice because you don't have to worry about what you're gonna do every turn but at the same time like just going uh, i'm in a rage and i'm gonna hit him with my warhammer it's kind of like okay cool like the same thing every time um 
but uh but i mean it was still fun to do something different because i'd never done it before and uh they were playing by the point system for doing your ability scores instead of like rolling oh so um we i only had 24 points to play with with a base of eight for each stat so um i i had like a negative one to charisma, intelligence, and wisdom so that I could have a high dex and strength and constitution. And so therefore I was playing her as like really stupid, even though I'd named her Marion Madam Barbarian after <laughs> the character in The Music Man. So uh, yeah, she was not terribly smart, uh, but she was very, very proud of her battle axe. Um, but yeah, so I mean... Playing D&D has been getting me through. Good Omens has been getting me through. Critical Role has been getting me through. Like, this past week, I had to do this big project at work that, had that like, was very annoying. And the good thing is, at the very end of it, I was given a gift card for everything that I had to go through. Um, but I also, like, the only thing that got me through it was watching these, like, clips of, of uh, Critical Role on, on YouTube, because I couldn't even pay attention to, like, a current episode, because that's how, like, my, like mind-draining this whole project was. So I was just, like, watching these clips of, like, shit that had happened in the past that I didn't have to, like, worry about what was going on for the, like, the larger campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was great. So YouTube, in general, has been getting <laughs> me through. Even though YouTube has been super shitty. Yeah, I know. God. <laughs> oh, okay. It sucks that, like, YouTube is getting me through because fuck YouTube. Because but. fuck YouTube. Well, we have a few listener questions, so we should probably answer them. I know. We, I was like, this is going to be a super short nothing podcast. And then we were like, let's take 20 minutes in the middle of it to talk about our favorite TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Andrew, too cool for Cali, LA asks, would we like him better if he was Italian Polak? It depends, Andrew. Are his stats still the same? What if his uh, name is Roman Polish? Mm. No. Are stats no. still the same? <laughs> yeah, I think we just, like... It doesn't really have anything to do with his name. In an alternate universe, Roman Polak is the only constant. <laughs> Can we go to that alternate universe? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, let's not. Oh my oh, god. Oh lord. Wouldn't you that'd be a fun story? Is like a multiverse, but then there's one guy who's the same in every single multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> Just the same. God. Same life, same everything. Same everything. <sighs> Ugh, I, 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 love I it. took the bullet on that one. I didn't make you read that pun. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah. Julia asks, I want desperately to support the Women's World Cup, but soccer is boring. How to make soccer not boring for myself? She put a star on that that says, when my brother is not there living and dying, be every tiny thing a player does, which is the real entertainment. That's by everything. I think it's just a typo. By every oh. tiny thing a player does. Oh, that makes more sense. I was like, I'm not even sure what she's trying to say there. So. <laughs> yeah, just a typo. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I feel like same thing that makes any sport. Like, we all watch weird sports during the Olympics. Yeah. Like, you just gotta get real nationalistic about it. Or pick a team and get real nationalistic about it. It doesn't even have to be USA. The thing that got me into to hockey was learning about the stories about the players. Oh, yeah. Like, like, learning about their friendships and, like, the silly things they do off the ice. And, like, obviously hockey is... 
the personalities are kind of washed out of these fuckers, but, like, that's why Tyler Sagan became, like, a touchstone, you know, mm-hmm. because he he does have, a, a like, a more, more personality. And, like, yes, when I was first getting into hockey, his personality was shitty, but, like, it's... He's grown and changed as a person now. But, like, that's why I was with the... I, I like, glommed onto the Oilers first because of the kid line and how much I loved the, their stupid boys and their dumb, like, videos about their home together and, like, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, like, find human interest stories. Yeah, in find your narrative. Find your narrative. Find your narrative. So... A big... I mean, a big, the big narrative right now about the Women's World Cup, frankly, like, go... I mean, play just started yesterday. So... The narrative going in was talking about, like, obviously the equality issues. And uh, the USA soccer, women's soccer, just won, like, a big case with Team USA, much like right before, I think, I think they did theirs right before USA Hockey did their strike. Um, And that was actually a major impetus for the USA Hockey strike. Um. But yeah, so I mean, there's a lot, a lot of conver- uh, conversations around that, um, and and also in part because uh, FIFA really jerked around the Women's World Cup. <laughs> um, like they had to, they were going to play on AstroTurf at first and stuff, which is worse for the players, and um, all of that. But yeah, like for me, for World Cup stuff, like for soccer in general like for me it's like hockey but a little bit slower like the build up is the same the play and making the plays are the same like all of that is very 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 similar so you can pretty easily see if you since you watch a lot of hockey you can see how the plays are going to develop and therefore you can get more excited because you know when something is actually a good scoring chance anyway and if you don't see that as fun then i don't know what else to say <laughs> There you go. Okay. Okay. Uh, the best shanty in all the land asks. One, why doesn't Marin like Gabriel Landeskog? I mean, she Because really he stole... Seems- okay, first of all, shanty, love you. I've answered this question so many times. He stole Ryan Nugent Hopkins' Calder trophy. Yeah. That's why I don't like him. You know, honestly, though, I don't know how long ago it was the last time that we answered that question. This is like some... Deep in the heart of hockey lore at this point. <laughs> okay. Well, I yeah, hate like... him for stealing Nuge's Calder trophy and for being shoved in my face all the time as, the, like, one of the hotter hockey players when I find his face <laughs> repulsive. So, like, that is why. I don't... I just... I'm... It's at this point... My dislike of him is more belligerence for the fact that everybody else is like, he's so dreamy. And I'm like, uh, no, he's just not. He's not at all my cup of tea. I cannot handle him. I just am repulsed. But it started because he stole Nuja's Calder. Number two. Y'all are GMs appointed with putting together the best looking team in the league. Who are, who are your starting five goalie and coach? It doesn't matter if they're good, just that they're good looking. Okay, so I want to point out that this is going to have to be good looking personally, not like this is... That's, that's acceptable. And with that... Because I'm going to make Sam Gagne my starting center is all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kankles himself. I'm going to nominate for coach... Fuck, what is his name? God, I, I always find him so attractive. Uh, uh, Guy Boucher. Really? 
Oh, he looks like a Bond villain. I'm trying to look up a picture of him. Oh, yeah, okay, that is who I was thinking. Yep, yep, no, I'm, I'm down. Mm-hmm. I am stealing that answer. Actually, I don't yes. even know if that's how you pronounce his name, but I assumed it was. Uh, okay, I'm obviously making uh, Jamie Benn my starting left wing. Sam Gagne, my starting center. Well, are we doing this, building this together? Are we still, oh, are we? Okay, we can do this together. I figured um, we were building it together. I'm, I'm comfortable with one, like, going back and forth on nominations. Okay, then you did the, okay, so I did the center, you did the coach. So back to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Le- Jamie so ben left, is yeah, left Jamie Ben left wing. And honestly, yeah. I can't even, I might even pick that one as far as okay. left wing is concerned. Okay. Trying to cool. think who is Here. a good, who is a good looking right wing? Ooh, I wonder what this guy plays. Damn it, he's a left wing too. Who? Marcus Foligno. Uh. Um. Now I'm like, oh, who do I even find attractive? <laughs> I know Leon Dreisaitl was a right wing. Ooh. Um. Yeah. Has, has played at right wing anyway. Has played. He's mostly a center, but he definitely uh, he's right wing when he plays with McDavid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that. Drysaddle's okay. a good pick. Drysaddle is a—he's attractive. He's okay, very so, attractive. Fucker never yeah. had acne. I—it's that—it's that German. It's that good German air. It is. Um. Okay. So uh, I—I don't know how you can pick anybody, but Henrik Lundqvist is goalie. Ah. Uh, yeah, that's an easy, easy pick. Yeah. Now we just got to do our defenseman. Defenseman. Who even plays defense? Oh, Eric Carlson. Duh. Eric Carlson plays defense. Duh. Okay, is he a right hand? Is he a, do, Are we going to worry too much about whether or not it's right or left? Eric Carlson is a right handy. That's what I thought. Okay, good. Ooh, what does Chris Letang play? Ooh. Is, is he a lefty? Chris Letang. NHL.com does not say whether or not he shoots left or right. No, I'm, I googled it. Oh, shit, I forgot about Roman Yossi. Oh, Fuck Latang. <laughs> That's a good call. That's a good pick. Okay, I don't even care what Chandy plays. We'll put him on the other side. <laughs> you will figure it the fuck out. <laughs> we will figure it the fuck out. I think that's everybody, right? That's everybody. Okay, so what, now that we've done that, I want to tell you that I was just, like, I saw this I saw this question beforehand, and I Googled hot hockey players just for some inspiration and came up with the odysseyonline.com list of the top 20 hottest hockey players i have no idea when this was published but let me go down this list with you real quick yes please real quick number 20 is brendan gallagher oh no number 19 is alexander wenberg okay i mean sure sure number 18 alec alec martinez Actually, though, yeah, I could get that. He's an 18. 17, John Tavares. Mm. 16, Gabriel Landeskog, which we all know how I feel about this. I bump him up. Fifth. Yeah. Okay, whatever. You had already uh, taken so, left hand, left wing, so. <laughs> I was going to be so I know, bit. and I did that on purpose! <laughs> I was going to be such okay. a little troll. Uh, I will point out, oh, okay, it looks like this was post, post, published in 2016, because I was like, John Tavares is still listed as being on the Islanders. Uh, okay, so 16, Gabriel Landeskog, 15, Zach Parisi. Okay, I guess. This person has really bland taste. I know. 14, TJ Oshie. Mm-mm. 
13, Bo Bennett. Mm-mm. 12, Carrie Price. <laughs> 11. Carrie Price Patrick... lost a lot of hot points when I realized, learned that his wife is an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, no, I know, for sure. Uh, 11, Patrick Kane. Oh, no. I know. Like, even objectively speaking. I know, I know, I know. Number 10, Ryan Kessler. What? I know. Number 9, Trevor Van Riemsdyke. I don't even know what he looks like. He looks like a gremlin. <laughs> Number 8, Jamie Ben. Uh, okay, sure. And under Jamie Ben's, she has his gelled back hair, heart eye emoji. What? <laughs> because she is objectively wrong about so many things. <laughs> it's like you picked the right player and the wrong conversion of it. <laughs> the wrong convert, yes. Uh, number seven, Artemi Panarin. And then what? underneath that, she said, whoever said Russian guys weren't hot. And I'm like, no one, but also you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> that is not six- why he's not hot. <laughs> Number six, Tyler Sagan. Okay, sure. People like him. Number five, Andrew fucking Shaw. What? I know. What? I know. I know. Andrew Shaw. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) What? Number four, Henrik Lundqvist. But he's only four. Four. And guess who is above him? I don't even want to know. What reality is this person living in? Brandon Sod. I mean, he's a, he's, a, he's a good looking guy. But not better looking than Henrik Lundqvist. Not to me, no. no. Sexiest eyes in the NHL is what she put under Brandon Sod. Okay. Number two, Patrick Sharp, which, you know, fine, yeah, whatever. Sure. And number one, Jonathan Taves. Oh, no. So, like, first of all, clearly this girl is a Blackhawks fan. (laughs) But also, what? Ranking? (laughs) Taves over Sharp. Like, even, like, if you're a Blackhawks fan, Taves over Sharp? I know. Well, this was back when Sharp was on the Stars, so maybe she was bitter that he wasn't on the Hawks Hawks anymore. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, God. I am dying at this list. It's hysterical. That's so funny. Well. Yeah, you're welcome. That's all we have for you today. We can't talk that <laughs> list. No, no, we're done. We're done. We're have done. a good weekend, everybody. Well, no, you're listening to this on Monday. Have a good week. Happy, Happy Monday. Happy summer. I just finger guns at the microphone as if any of you could see me. As usual, you can follow us on social media uh, where you can find more of our opinions uh, on hot starting lightups and other things. Uh, that was... As usual, was... you can find us on social media. Can... I'm at Classlicity. <laughs> can you please leave everything in that came before that? I am at Marinish. <laughs> And you can uh, email us at uh, deeparthockey at gmail.com if you have longer question, comment, or want to submit your own hot starting lineup. Please, please submit your own hot starting lineup. Uh, you can also find our uh, Twitter at deeparthockey. And then you can find our blog at deeparthockey.wordpress.com. Bye. Bye. <laughs>